Here we are, day nine of our journey through Advent, this time of anticipation, of excitement, of waiting on the Lord to see what he has to share with us this week, particularly about love. So today we get to go back to our friend Jeremiah. We visited him in chapter 29 last week, and today we're going to Jeremiah chapter 31. But if you grab your Bible and your journal, let's begin as we always do with prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to be the one who is our great teacher in this moment. Heavenly Father, we just worship you. You are so good to us. And even as we reflected yesterday, Jesus, you are our friend. And so today we come to you, Jesus, our friend. Father God, who loves us. Holy Spirit, who gives us wisdom and revelation, we're asking, teach us today. God, even as it says in Psalm 86, we just reflect this prayer. Teach us your way, Lord, that we might rely on your faithfulness. Give us an undivided heart that we might fear your name. Be our teacher today. Speak to us, Lord. We are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're in Jeremiah 31 verses 3 to 10, and these are words of comfort and encouragement to captives. Remember, we, we talked about this last week with Jeremiah 29. So he is speaking to a group of people who have found themselves in captivity. They are experiencing um, painful circumstances, consequences that are brutal and have completely uprooted them. And in this particular passage, we're going to learn some about the aspect of the character of God in those places of captivity in our lives. Remembering that this is an Old Testament passage where he speaks to Israel, he speaks to Ephraim, and he is speaking to you and to me. Because we have been grafted in, it says in Hebrews, into the nation of Israel as followers of Christ. That his promises um, are, are, these are, these are promises in this particular chapter is, if you read commentaries, these are promises that are ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, ultimately fulfilled in the Messiah, and will ultimately be fulfilled to their fullest extent when, when Christ returns and all things are made new and restored to the way that God intended them to be. And so we can hold on to these truths in a very personal way um, as we lean in and say, what about the character of God do we see here? What about our lives do we see reflected in the circumstances that are described here? And how does that invite us into personal transformation today? I'm just going to read the passage, verses 3 through 10, and then we'll go back asking God to speak directly to us about a word or a phrase. So just absorb it. I'm reading in the New International Version so that you can follow along. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again. And you, Virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Again, you will take up your timbrels and go out to dance with the joyful. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. 
The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. There will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. Woven throughout this passage are multiple names of God and multiple ways that he demonstrates the love that this passage begins with. This is one of the the, um, places in scripture where we hear God with his own mouth say, I love you, and then demonstrates what that love looks like. As we reread this passage, just ask the Holy Spirit, what word or phrase or verse do I need to hold on to and unpack and apply for myself today? The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again, and you, virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Again you will take up your timbrels and go out to dance with the joyful. Again you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. There will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. Take a moment and grab that verse that the word or phrase that leapt off the page for you is held in. And with your journal, write down that verse. Take your time. Remember, this is a, an opportunity for you really to sink in. And as you're writing, asking God to just begin to prepare your heart to open your mind to what it is in that 
particular verse that he wants to share with you specifically today. Once you've copied down that verse, come back and we'll talk about observation. So today in your observation, each one of these verses, this is a very visual passage. There are very specific word pictures that are drawn throughout these verses. And perhaps the verse that you've chosen has something written in it that has to do with building or coming or praying um, or receiving in some way from God. So um, think creatively about how you might explore that particular idea, that imagery. You might draw a picture. You might look up some of those words. You might rewrite it in your own wording. Uh, think about what it would look like for that to happen in your life today um, and explore what that might look like. Uh, one of the fun things you can do with observation that perhaps would take you to another step that you haven't done before is to look up other verses in the Bible that contain the same imagery. And you can do this with a Google search, or you could use BibleGateway.com or BlueLetterBible.org or the YouVersion Bible app. And as you look at these verses, you can uh, take some of those phrases and put them in and see if there are other verses that hold similar imagery. These are, these are images that are just held all throughout scripture and make a comparison of some of those. So just a challenge, just a different way that you could lean into observation today if you so choose. But whatever you choose to do, take a moment and write down something that you're learning about God, something you're learning about the way that he interacts with his people, a promise that is stated here perhaps what are the things that you see uh, like through, like with the eyes of an investigative reporter in that verse write them down and then we'll come back and talk about application as you lean into application today this is a great place to wrestle perhaps a little bit because we're talking about god's intersection with wilderness areas in our life. He is speaking specifically and directly to people who are dealing with captivity and wilderness. And, and here's the reality, we're all in the wilderness right now. And so uh, that can cause some interesting mix of emotions. So perhaps in your application today, there's a bit of wrestling with marrying your experience with the truth of the word. Where is there a place where there might be a disconnect that you need to bring to the Lord and ask him to reconcile for you? Perhaps there's something that you need to take a stand on in remembering what God has promised that he will do or remembering his particular attitude or perspective or engagement with your life that would change your attitude or perspective or even the way that you choose to speak about the circumstances that you are in right now. Take a moment and think about a concrete application of the verse, the phrase, the word that you are holding on to in this passage today. And then come back and we'll talk about prayer. In this particular passage, there's actually a verse that speaks about prayer, right? And I think it's, it's a beautiful one. 
And it says that they will come with weeping and pray as I bring them back. And uh, in, in different Bible commentaries, they talk about this weeping as a weeping. It could be a weeping of repentance, of sorrow over sin, because they're being brought back and restored after a time of experiencing consequences of their behavior. Um, it could be a weeping of relief and of joy, of return. But I think there's something beautiful about remembering that, that our time of prayer can also be a time where we process our emotions. Uh, a lot of times we want to keep that at arm's length. Um, and, and here's an opportunity for us to just allow that to be part of our experience with God. What would it look like to be honest about your emotions as you pray with God or even to invite him to help you to process your emotions in light of his truth and his promises? So lean in today in this time of prayer, remembering that this is an opportunity for you to have a conversation with the lover of your soul, the one who says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. There's nothing that you can say that will change his love for you in this moment. So you can be brutally honest before him, which is an incredibly freeing thing. So take some time in this time uh, to write out that prayer and then come back for a final thought. So there's a lot of places where you might have landed with your application, but I just want to reflect on one area that might be a good challenge for you. I know it's a challenge for me that's come up as I've been thinking through this passage and talking it through with you today. And that is, do my words reflect what I know is true about God and his promises and his ultimate redemption of all things? Because when I choose to complain when I choose to get bitter, when I get frustrated, and when I let that color my attitude towards life, um, I lose sight of who it is that I serve and what it is that he is up to, that, that none of this is lost on him. And so maybe the challenge with this particular passage is to carry the imagery, the, the, the visual that we get to have in this passage of what God's loving restoration looks like into the next 24 hours. How would that change the way you speak? Whether that's internally in your own inner monologue or in conversation with other people about the circumstances that you find yourself in today. I know that's what I'm going to carry into the next 24 hours. I would love to hear what it is that God is prompting you to carry into the next 24 hours. Don't forget to pop in on the Facebook group and add your commentary. It's so encouraging. It helps others too, um, to see something fresh out of the passage, perhaps that was um, seemingly just for you, but might be just for someone else too. I will see you back here tomorrow.